Hey everybody, welcome to another Bald Move TV. Uh, we have started this thing and we're going to see it through. Who won the week? Uh, we've got Better Call Saul, we've got The Leftovers, and we've got Fargo. Also some Mr. Science Theater 3000 talk. Which oh, okay. are you interested in doing first? Or which do you think the listeners would be more interested in hearing first? Well, I can't talk about Mystery Science Theater because I haven't seen it. Uh-huh. Um, I know you watched at least one, maybe two episodes. Uh-huh. More than that. <laughs> more than that now? Okay. Yeah. Uh so, I, I don't know. I mean, do you want to talk at me about Mystery Science Theater 3000 and at the audience, maybe? What would you want to know if you were a old-time Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan, a Riff Tracks fan, and you hear a new season dropping on Netflix? What would you want to know? I, I just want to know, are the riffs good? Like, are they as good at making fun of movies as they were back in the day? It's a mixed bag. One of the huh. things I've become uncomfortable with, especially with the Mike Nelson era, and even in Rift Tracks, is mm-hmm. there are a lot of um, social commentary regarding homosexuals, trans folk, uh, of yeah. that nature that are is is over the line. It's uncomfortable um, to watch some of those old ones, and, and even the current ones. I think because I, I just think they're just they're 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 old white dudes from Minnesota that haven't really gotten very woke. The riff track stuff, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't think they're yeah. they're not hateful. They're not like it's just stereotypes that everyone was laughing at in the '90s. To be frank, and it's just they're right. still doing it in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, and that's completely gone. Like this, there is not there is nothing. I, I've seen six of the thirteen, uh-huh. and there's not been a single one. Uh, also, there's a lot of um, uh, taking pot shots at stereotypically masculine and feminine roles which I'm not super comfortable with and, like, annoys my, my wife as well. Um, and that, that's, that's gone in the new iteration. Thank you. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Jonah and I don't know who the other two guys that are playing, Tom Servo and Crow, uh, are, are much better in that regard. However, they don't have quite the comic timing. And I think mu- a lot of this, because if you, if you see who's writing, there's, like, 15 writers and, like, Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland did a couple episodes for them. And I feel like that... One of the arts of doing a riff tracks, because we do, we've done this a couple times ourselves mm-hmm. with like some some fan reward type material, is there's a certain pace to it. If you have too much commentary, then you don't, none of the jokes have time to land. Right. And in the first few episodes, especially, I feel like they were talking too fast to cram them in in between dialogue. And there's also an art to when you can talk over the movie yeah. and when you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just felt like what the the pace was too frantic. Hmm. Um, but still solid. And, and it helped that like the first movie, Reptilicus, is just ridiculous. Uh-huh. It's like <laughs> s- the Swedes decided to make a Godzilla film. Awesome. <laughs> um, and the, the movie itself was very watchably bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second movie, Cry Wilderness... <laughs> is maybe the craziest thing I've seen since The Final Sacrifice, which is, for my money, the best Mystery Science Theater 3000 of all time. Uh It has a very similar relationship to, like, uh, Troy and Zap Rousdower. They Uh got a ridiculous, like, older hero and a young, kind of his young ward who doesn't... he's, He's like, you think Carl in season two of The Walking Dead is bad? This kid's got Carl's got nothing on this kid. This kid will run off in the face of <laughs> he's he he befriends this this ridiculous Bigfoot and the guy like the, he's wearing his Bigfoot costume and he's got his nipples are not covered with hair and he's not wearing gloves. <laughs> you just see regular human hands coming at the ends of him uh-huh. and I guess Bigfoot psychic. 
Uh, he wow. can like material. He can like he can manifest in the kids' dreams, and I mean, I, it's it's and they they use all the stock like pick a destiny shit. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's 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 like all the stock footage of wildlife that they try to like weave into the movie in a very Ed Wood kind of way. Uh-huh. So like the first two movies, you don't even need riffing to enjoy, and that I felt helped out a lot. Mm-hmm. Then you get into like my favorite, I think, is episode eight because I kind of started skipping around. Um, the loves of Hercules. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! <laughs> it's an Italian take on on Hercules. Oh boy, I and bet that's just, glorious. And it's it's so good because Hercules he can speak. Uh, 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 it's so clearly a lot of people are being overdubbed. Uh-huh. Um, and there's also a fa- a very famous Hollywood starlet on like like in her mid 30s in this like uh, not a Mimi Van Doren. I don't, you'll you'll recognize her when you see her, um, but she's kind of god awful, and a lot of people are being overdubbed left and right. But not Hercules because he can speak English, but he speaks it in like a stereotypical Mario. <laughs> so it's like he's doing all this, like you know, all all these Greek words and stuff, and uh-huh. and the guys are eating it up. Like every single time they do a take on his Mario esque Hercules, it's solid gold, <laughs> and they've kind of slowed down. Um, yeah. So I've really enjoyed that. The other thing is, is I was never a big fan of the host segments. No, me either. Like when they get the Mads involved, and I think it really helps that like Felicia Day, who I'm not a huge fan of, and Patton Oswalt mm-hmm. are doing the Mads now. And I feel like that um, this Jonah guy and the robots are just better at it because, um, and maybe the writers are better because I found the host segments a- very enjoyable. Okay. Um, there's like, huh. there was, like in Reptilicus, there was, um, every, every country has its monster rap where they're rapping about all the different crazy monsters from all over the different world. And, mm-hmm. um, that was really funny. And they just got a lot, like their invention exchanges are actually funny that though, that was a throwback to the old, um, uh, Joel era of mystery science theater, which I guess he's now the executive producer of. Okay. Riff tracks is now Mike and mystery mm-hmm. science theater is now Joel going forward. Um, and I, I, I like I said that uh, it's an improvement in a lot of ways. Um, also, these movies are like they're all in high def. Like yeah. it looks yeah. a lot better. Like I've been so used to watching Mystery Science Theater like on YouTube or uh, you know just really low res standard definition that just having these cheesy movies in high def it l- 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 really lets you appreciate how shitty the special effects are and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, I, I think overall it's a stunning return to form, and I cannot wait to see them continue on. For it, it's great; they're all about ninety minutes long. It's perfect, like you know, it's kind of too early to go to bed, but too late to get into a full movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great for that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I'm giving a thumbs up. Cool for Mr. Science Theater. That's good to hear. Um... Yeah, I, I'm glad that there's you know something enjoyable from the, the quote unquote interrupting segments as yeah. I I would think of them. You know, I I always think when when I think Mystery Science Theater three thousand, it's the riffing the of riffing, movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I always tuned out or skipped or whatever the the other segments. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. If, that, if there's that's something... why one of the reasons I like Final Sacrifice so much because I think the host segments like when they all caught mullets, super funny. <laughs> God. Uh, Tom Servo's uh, uh, a, a patriotic song about Canada. 
mm-hmm. uh, that slowly got subverted uh, is, is, is super funny. Like, those are the rare host segments that actually work. And Riff Tracks, just the part of its genius is it dispenses with the host segments. Right. It's all riffing. Yeah. This is like they got people that are fairly good at comic timing. Because that's the other thing. Mike and Joel weren't professionals. They were good writers. Yeah. But their timing and, like, just their on-camera per, uh, persona I never thought was was super compelling. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Felicia Day and Patton Oswalt and the Jonah guys, say what you will, they actually have a little bit of chops, yep. on-camera chops. Um, and and I thought that was entertaining. There is a weird thing where every episode, do you know, um, uh, God damn it, what, what is the, there's there's the big robot that's got, like, uh, a long neck and um, it's like a big purple with a mouth. It's not Cambot, it's the other one. Um, no, I don't know. Oh fuck! I can't. I can't believe I'm calling myself a Mr. Science Theater fan. I can't uh, say this, <laughs> but she lowers some kind of basket about five minutes into the movie and says some kind of relevant quip, and then about five minutes before the movie's over, she comes and gets the basket out. And me and Cecily are like, "What the fuck is this?" I mean, the first time I just thought it's like, "Okay, she's doing something. They're gonna it's all will be revealed." But it's throughout the whole season that keeps this up. And I went online, and I guess. There is something to that that they're building towards, but Joel and I, I don't know if it's revealed at the end of the season or it's going to something that's going to develop in season two. Huh. But there's some kind of uh, gypsy. That's her name. Gypsy. Gypsy drops what looks like a picnic basket in like at the if the if if Jonah and the bots are sitting at the extreme right, yeah. she drops it like in the in the Jonah position on the extreme left, and then towards the end of the movie, she comes and gets the basket. The guys don't interact with it. Um, huh, there's also weird. some really funny because now like uh, Tom Servo can fly okay so he can like hover and there's a couple times where he's done things where he interacts with the movie in a particular way and a really <laughs> hilarious thing in their loves yeah. of Hercules there's a couple topless scenes mm-hmm. and uh, Tom Servo and Crow get drones out and they start piloting the drones around and they just the, the, it's the, the choreography of how they're doing this completely unrelated bit that the, but they completely cover the nipples and stuff <laughs> right it's just sort of like really top notch because <laughs> that's the other thing frustrating about the Rift Tracks crew is I feel like they have the mentality of a 12 year old anytime something adult happens right this was a little bit like I understand you can't show nipples on Mr. Science Theater 3000 but it was a more than just a bunch of like oh no avert your eyes robots and uh it's just you know it just, they, uh, they just wove it in I thought that was pretty clever so right. yeah cool there you go um who won the week that's a damn fine question. Uh, it's much different competition this week. It is, yeah. I, I think Better Call Saul had a return to form. Uh, I think that Fargo engaged me a little bit more. It was a mm. funnier, more entertaining episode. Uh, and The Leftovers, you know. Uh, how can you go wrong with Carrie Coon twice a week? Mm-hmm. Uh, Battling a, technology in both universes. <laughs> right. It's a Nora-focused week, and Nora's an awesome character Uh and I really love that show. I think Leftovers again won the week. I agree. By a slimmer wanna, margin this time. I, I want to look at it from this perspective. Yeah. Best moment of the Leftovers was... Individual moment. Individual moment. I feel like maybe it was the scene between Carrie Coon and Regina King. Okay. When they were talking about the tattoo. And led, leading up to what I think is the high point of the episode is the trampoline sequence with Wu-Tang okay. in the background. Yeah. I think that's the best the best thing on the leftovers that particular week. Although, Mark Lynn Baker, I don't want to, like, he, he was he was yeah. very, very and surprised. Like, if you told me Cousin Larry's going to generate genuine pathos and not just be a joke on the show, right. wouldn't have believed you. 
Best moment of Better Call Saul. <laughs> I'm having trouble remembering that. Uh, well, I'm going to, while you're thinking, I'm going to say that I think the whole sequence involving Mike and the shoe was old school okay, watching Walt solve really a problem. A moment, but yeah, I feel you. That, that well, whole the, sequence the, 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 the was... time when he took the shot, I think that's the, the best moment of like, it just felt, felt very satisfying. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, um, I agree. Although you can make an argument for like Jimmy and uh, uh, Kim's denouement at the end of the episode, you could make an argument for yeah, you know, uh, J- Jimmy just just telling truth to Chuck at the top of the episode. Uh, but I think the, the, the Mike taking a shot's the best episode, uh, best part of that. Uh, what is the best moment on Fargo? Oh, it's the the scene where. Uh, Ray and Cy get together and they both give each other the finger yeah. and Cy drives off in his Hummer crushing yeah. multiple cars on the way out. So... Fantastic. <laughs> which of those moments... Rank those moments from better, from best to, 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 to quote-unquote worst. So this is, the, this is the reason we split off best comedy and best drama into categories because I actually think I enjoyed the scene of... the Hummer scene from Fargo a little bit more than... I enjoyed the scene from The Leftovers um, with Regina King and yeah. and Carrie Coon, but I think it was a the other one was a more impressive scene dramatically. Hmm. I don't I don't know how to like these. It's apples and oranges with comedy and drama. I tr- but I think they're all kind of absurd in their own way. Maybe not the bed, the mic shots not very absurd at all. But like I feel like but the they're in service of different things. I feel yeah. Like, one is ser- seeking out the comedy. The other is layering comedy onto the drama that it's seeking okay so we're both going to give it to the leftovers yeah who is the runner-up who gets the silver who comes in Hmm. third in the regional bridge final i feel like i'm not going to get to say this a lot this season Uh uh-huh but i think fargo takes it and it's it's close. It's super close. It's really like like in in fact I would say if if Fargo like I'm I'm, I'm if I'm I'm grading this boxing wise, Fargo or um, Leftovers is a ten, and like you know, Fargo was a nine and Better Call Saul was an eight and a half eight. But I don't, I don't yeah. Think that, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's super super close. Yeah, the margin is real slim. Uh, but Fargo entertained me consistently. Had me laughing oh, throughout yeah. the whole episode. Big time. Uh, and you know, the, the drama that it's setting up is really good. Um, there are a lot of actors in there that are just crushing it. And there weren't, you know, a ton of huge scenes for actors in Better Call Saul this you week, think right? So? Cause I thought, I mean, Jimmy and Kim had like a couple, but I even thought Chuck and, and Hay were good. Um, Chuck and Hay. Yeah. The, the, his scene of him trying to bamboozle that district or the prosecutor and like, well, I think he's bamboozling her anyway. Oh, uh, you know, okay. T- 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 talking about yeah, his yeah. brother and oh, I don't know if this is the best for him and all that. I thought that was a really solid performance. Yeah, uh, I love. You didn't like it, but I really liked the, the moments between Jimmy and that other prosecutor, the the double Dorito man. Yeah, I thought that guy was was really really good and funny. Almost in a like, um, who's that dude from the Big Bang Theory? Like Jim, Jim Parsons. Na- Jim Par- yeah. is it Jim da- Parsons? Jim Neighbor? Jim Parsons? I think it's. Parsons. Anyway, the Bazinga guy. Yeah. He, he has a lot of that kind of nervous, awkward energy that he brought to the scene that I thought paired very well with a subdued Jimmy. Uh-huh. So, but I think you're right. I think it goes Leftovers, Fargo, Better Call Saul. By a hair. Yeah. By a hair. Very small hair. I'm kind of worried, though, <laughs> thin, because I felt hair. I felt like um, 
it's so weird because after our podcast, I thought like this is the week that leftovers might be vulnerable. Yeah, because it was certainly excellent work across the, and lots of character uh, moments, but there wasn't like just a, like a bull, like an exclamation point or bullet. And I thought like if if Better Call Saul Fargo caught it just right, they might topple it. I, mm-hmm. Boy, going forward, I don't know. I don't I, know. They might. It, it, <laughs> it might be leftovers every week. Yeah, the leftovers. I, I mean, they they just do what they do so well. Like that whole episode is enjoyable, top yeah. to bottom. Um, like. I, I say that Regina King and Carrie Coon stole the show there, but also there was a great scene with, with Nora and Kevin, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of this thing. Uh, fantastic scene, like you mentioned, with Mark Lynn Baker and Carrie Coon. It's just top to bottom, that episode is enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And I I can't always say the same about the other two shows. Yeah, yeah. Um so there's who won the week. Um, one other thing that I want to talk about, because I know you and I have both seen it. What's that? Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. Episode one, the premiere. I was underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. Like, in fact, huh? I don't think I laughed at any point in the episode. No? I mean, I feel like I... it's setting up conflict and comedy to come, but mm-hmm. I didn't find any. And this is in stark contrast to every other season premiere of... Uh, uh, of Silicon Valley where I found at least one moment that was side-splitting. Mm-hmm. I don't think I even chuckled. Can you think of a moment that was just like laugh-out-loud funny about this one? Yeah, so I have a very juvenile sense of humor. And when you've got the VC guy at at the wrong school oh, yeah, cursing just, it's, it's, up a fucking storm, bag, using yeah. an analogy about fucking a guy, which makes Richard completely uncomfortable <laughs> uh, in just every way possible. Yeah, I got a few good laughs from that. Okay, yeah, uh, I guess but that's, that's, that's the that's the the best probably scene. It was, yeah, especially knowing the background we have with this guy and his his douchebaggery, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. What did you think of was. the other thing about this that I don't know about is that every time uh, the technology I've always believed in. Like I've always thought, like okay, yes, it's a game changer. It's like it's hard to define. It's it's very hard to define. But like the compression technology they're talking about would definitely be a game changer across many different ways. Uh-huh. Richard's internet too. Oh, I think it's a bad idea. It seems like the worst. Do you think that's yeah. what they're going to explore? That this is I like so. you know, like like uh, you know, yeah, the the Sean guy made Napster and then nothing ever again. Uh-huh. But he's going <laughs> to now gonna, he's just an investor. Yeah. He's, he's going to take in this uh, this 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 arrogance. Mm-hmm. That that he's the best and all that, and I, I thought he was really shitty to to Ganesh too. Yeah, much less Gilfoy. Uh, Although I do like the idea of Ganesh. Um, it's or Dinesh. Is it Dinesh? Yeah, is it Ganesh. Ganesh is. is the elephant head guy. Right. Damn it. <laughs> yep. Um, Dinesh. I, I like the idea of Dinesh being the CEO, and I like it's going to be interesting. Gilfoy talking himself through him being okay with that. Right. Like that's like, like <laughs> that was pretty good. Either you're going to succeed and I'll be rich and that'll be awesome, or you'll fail and I'll get to have a front row seat of you flaming out. Right. Like that. That was that was really good. And also, I, this is more droll than funny, but I also enjoyed the kind of 360 degree review of everyone saying who should be the CEO before uh, Richard shows up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I and I kind of like that Ehrlich is stuck. You know, in his current situation, it's like, mm-hmm. fuck, I've got to give everybody my shares because Big Head's dad is running the show here, right. essentially. And he's, and he's not, a ball not having any of it. Yeah. He's not going to be charmed. He's not going to be talked out of it. He's not going to be doing anything. Yeah. Uh, I thought you would get a bigger kick out of uh, the restroom placements. Uh, that was pretty funny, yeah. Because, you know, that's always been one of our inside jokes is if we had, you know, uh, our own, like, if we had a sham company where we'd have... 
Right. Just outrageous. That we do yeah, outrageous Yeah, but things. the idea was always, of... like, humiliate the person who has to use the restroom, not the person who right. is outside watching people use right. the restroom. I I don't know. What's the the woman that works at the VC firm? Angela? I can't remember her name. Is it Angela or Karen? But anyway, I don't know. she's actually getting, like, there, in the background, there's actually dick on display. Oh, she, is there? Yeah, there was, like, real I peen being displayed. Yeah. Hmm. Not as good as, like, the horse fucking of last season. But. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh yeah, it's, it's like I said, it it was um I didn't think it very it was very funny, mm-hmm. but it was a necessary setup because they left things so kind of like up in the air last season, uh that they kind of had to do it. I there's a lot of stuff that like I just don't doesn't land like Stephen Tobolowski's battle with the Hooli founder about who gets right. dropped off on a private plane. Like that's just yeah, it, it's infuriating. So and it's and this funny. thing with Gavin saying, "Oh, I want you to fly it five more times just to be sure," and all this stuff. And right. Like, that's sure. And, that's funny in the igno- excess, but as not really. he's ignoring the very vital things about his company, like right. I get it. Like I don't, I don't understand how Hooli is still a business, honestly, or how he's the CEO. I mean, they they've got nothing but setback after setback, and he's a yeah. terrible CEO. And like, I to me, it's. It's infuriating that <laughs> that it's still part of the show. I don't like it. Yeah, I I think Gavin needs to like. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do to revitalize that that role and that relationship because he's not even a good foil. He's yeah. like he's like Doctor Claude Inspector Gadget. They're both so incompetent that it's like there's no tension there. So here's where I think this season is going to go. I think Richard's going to have quit the company and decided to work on this. Second internet, yeah. Which there has been an internet too. There hasn't it failed. And and you listening to this podcast have never heard about it, right? Because it's a terrible idea. So I think he's going to go back to the guy who said, "Oh yeah, I would totally uh, fund that." And the guy's going to say, "Well, I said I I would fund it. I didn't say I am funding it or something." Um, You you know, he's going to have some some bullshit reason not to fund it. And Richard's going to have to go to Gavin. Like, Gavin will have this big battle with Tobolowski. Well, he, he threw a gauntlet. Like, you have to have X amount of million, like users, and you have to have this amount of weekly growth. And, and that's just – he's never going to get that with internet, too. Right. Ever, ever, right. never, ever. Yeah. So I, I think Gavin and, and Tobolowski, whatever his character is, mm-hmm. are going to have some battle. And Gavin's going to be looking for an opportunity, and they're going to team up somehow. I, I feel like I've seen a preview where – Richard is going Gavin to Gavin. Gavin Richard? Yeah. Well, that would be one way to shake things up and make it interesting. Right. Because both are kind of incompetent in their in their own ways. And both oh, yeah. are arrogant in their own ways with massive blind spots. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. That would be that would be potentially interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But I, don't I, know. I, I, I figure every couple of weeks we'll, we'll check in on that, too, to see. Uh, okay. Because that's a challenge covering comedy. It's essentially, wasn't it funny when, or it wasn't especially funny when. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's all we have to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, and for future Bald Move TV, we continue got the linchpin of uh, uh, of who won the week. But we'll be talking in the weeks to come about Handmaiden's Tale. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, American Gods. Uh, and I might give like a final review of the Mystery Science Theater if people are interested in that. Hmm. And just this other stuff that's coming up along the way. I don't think there's anything else I'm too excited about, but I'm sure people in the forums will remind me. Uh, if I'm missing something. But uh, we'll be back with another one, Bald Move TV, next week. Uh, Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Have a nice weekend.